0: Welcome to the SilverString Data Protection Podcast, um, my name is Thomas Cowley, I'm the uh, new business account manager at SilverString and with me today is Alistair McKenzie, CEO of SilverString. Hello Thomas, uh, glad to be here today and good morning to you too. And good afternoon, <laughs> getting into two Ronnies instantly there. <laughs> <coughs> so we wanted to sit down today As and just... As CEO I'm allowed to get up
1: a bit later you know. Absolutely,
0: Absolutely. yeah. Um, so just wanted to roll through some stuff today about licensing because this is something which we come across pretty much every single day in the business how are people licensing why are they licensing are they licensing enough are they licensing too much and this is all around the software that they use for data protection and um, obviously we have a lot of experience with spectrum protect and um, we do work with other technologies but that's the one that we i guess know and love the best um and there are some big things that we come across again and again. Alistair, what are the things that you find most common when you're talking to customers about licensing? Complexity. I think the thing that I've
1: noticed over the past 10 years is just the sheer volume of options that vendors of all shapes and sizes now give around licensing. And one has to wonder, Thomas, you know, is that for the customer's benefit that they give all these licenses or options? Or is it... Um, that they're doing it in some Machiavellian sort of way to try and squeeze more revenue out of that legacy operational cost budget, um,
0: and it is a What's cost your thoughts budget. on that? Tommy? It, it really is a cost budget because time and time, time and time again, we see people, for instance, who have just left things alone. And they've assumed their license correctly. And uh, one of the things we talk about on the blog on the website is uh, something called PVU licensing, which is something that anyone involved with the IBM channel will know and love from years and years and years ago. Um, which is a really complex structure of licensing. And, and what's the longest you've seen someone actually have that sitting on the shelf, just working in the business, and the price ticking up every year? Well, I think most of the time
1: people aren't even thinking about it. You know, no. they've they, for many people when they buy technology they buy it to solve a problem and they hope that that problem is then going to be solved for good what they underestimate is yeah sure they buy the technology they buy some software or they buy some hardware they know they've got to administer it but they don't expect to have to employ one person or an army of people just to keep on top of the basic vendor license management I think that's what's you know you asked me what's the overwhelming word or concern that people have around licensing it's frustration yeah simple as that complexity and too much complexity you know too much too much choice and again is that choice a good thing or is actually you know is it a vehicle for vendors to confuse
0: the customer in order to you know better deals out of the customer. Squeeze more of that operational budget. And we have seen a great deal of squeezing. I mean, there's some cases where I think one of the customers I work with were looking at a bill of £50,000 just to become licensing compliant, just for one year where they'd had one of the vendors come in and look at the licensing and say, hang on a moment, you're under-licensed in this area, this area, and this area, and so you've got to level up with us. And it's this idea of people actually levelling up, which is... It, it's that's where the exposure is, isn't it? Like anything in life, Thomas, nobody likes surprises, and I, and I think that's the problem. You know,
1: with budgets being tight as they are anyway, um, if at the 11th hour the vendor comes along and says, Right, we've done a quick audit, we need you to cough up, you know, this sum of money. Hmm. If, if you can see that we're getting more value out of the product, yeah, no one's got a problem with that, however, if they're just getting a nasty surprise because the licensing rules have changed and they've not been informed about it, or maybe it's in small print on the website. Then that's where I think the anger starts to set in. And, and, and you know, for many of the vendors, it's short-term thinking, yeah, they get a quick bounce towards the end of their financial year. But how many
0: customers have they lost because of it? I don't know if you've seen that. It's not something that people like ever. Um, and uh, it, it's very difficult to avoid when it happens. And I think the risk that customers take is that they really they make an assumption that what they licensed for previously is correct. And IT changes so quickly today that we find ourselves so often in a position where people are not licensed correctly and there are different models out there that would suit them better and cost, cut costs hugely because some of the deals you've worked on in terms of sticking as it is and renewing or buying stuff. And this is another thing which is interesting, either sticking with what they've got, renewing or alternatively buying stuff versus renting stuff for licensing. Uh, The costs are quite dramatically different, aren't they? Well, I think, yes, they are different. But one of the
1: things I like about renting is you do get a bill every month. And that bill forces you to think, what have I got? Am I getting value for this? Whereas when you buy up front, you could be buying potentially for the next three or five years. Um, once you've bought it, you sort of forget about it, and then before you know it, you know that's where the problems happen. Mm. You, you've you've mentally put it to one side, and that's where you get the nasty surprises. And who do you blame? You don't blame yourself. You're going to blame the vendor, and that's where often there's a breakdown in trust. With the pay as you go model, you're reminded every month. Mm. You get and a bill. A bill that comes in, so you look at the bill and you say, "Well, have I used that much?" And, and yeah. often. You could still be paying more, but
0: you're sort of okay with it because you're squaring it away with value.
1: And I don't think people have a problem
0: with that. And also it encourages people to use the software more completely rather than just putting it in the corner, assuming it's doing its thing. They can actually take advantage of all the functionality as it comes out because they're in regular contact with their vendor, because they're looking at a bill every month and saying, well, how can I use this? And the other thing which obviously pleases the accountants is that you move it from CapEx to OPEX. Mm -hmm. And that's quite an attractive thing for a lot of businesses. Why why do you find generally with the customers you deal with that that is so attractive?
1: Yeah, well, I think it used to be when IT was all about owning and operating it yourself, you know, the risk was all with the customer to implement and run IT. So everyone had their own data center. The The, the challenge that, you, that we've found is as the vendors have been putting more and more features in this evolutionary race to keep up current with all the startups in the marketplace. But how many of the customers are actually getting value from those features? And if it's down to the end user to implement those features guess what it never gets done but if what i like about the opex model and software as a service if you like is it's down to the supplier to be responsible for the implementation and upgrade and upkeep of those features thereby it's sort of like an honest broker john situation whereby the you know the customers get in the value and link to the
0: to the expense hmm. so they're they're keeping pace with the The change and making sure they know what things cost them and where they can get additional benefits from it.
1: Yeah. I mean, how many examples have you seen where, you know, a deal's been done at the 11th hour, at the end of the budget year to satisfy budget demand, you know, vendors end of their year, so they've given a really good deal to try and get the the customer to buy. The product then doesn't get implemented because there's other projects are in the go. And before the projects, the software or the hardware is even implemented, the customer's faced with a maintenance bill for the
0: second year before it's even started. Hmm. Um, And that's even more common when people actually cut three-year deals because they'll cut the deal in the first year mm -hmm. and then there'll be two years which are maintenance-free in effect because they've paid for it all up front. And then the danger, which didn't used to be so common, but now as we move into these sort of cloud-driven times, people are... Um, not experiencing the storage growth that they were on site they're not experiencing the licensing capacity growth that they were experiencing previously either so all of a sudden if they bought say 2 petabytes 3 years ago they get to the fourth year they're only using what 800 terabytes of that 2 petabytes that they thought they might grow into mm-hmm. and out of the back of that you have a massive bill because you've slipped off the end of the big deal that was cut and that licensing becomes very expensive. So I think just to kind of round this up in three points... it's a big topic. It is, it is. And this is why we've got that blog on the website, 10 Ways to License Spectrum Protect. And that's not all. Great segue. This is this is where the, it, it gets even more complex. And it's one of the reasons that we do have absolute licensing expor, experts on board the team who are able to look at this and cut through the... Uh, the vendor guff to make sure that they're actually, you know, finding out the right the right licensing that's the right shape for their business now and in the future. And as you said, that licensing we talked about the uh, the rental agreements one is very persuasive. So to round this up into three things: one, make sure you're compliant because no one likes surprises at the end of the year, except sometimes vendors, but that's not in the customer's best interest. And unless we're there for the customer's best interest, we're no one at all. Um, two. Don't assume your licensing is correct now. What was cut three years ago as a deal might not be right. There might be out. better deals on Absolutely, on it, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Um, and then number three, just be aware of different models. I mean, in this discussion, which is only about 10 minutes, we talked about PVUs from back in the day with IBM. Capacity. Capacity. We've talked about OPEX rental User-based, licenses. User-based, yeah. And also buying those licenses as well. So... There's kind of three key points to just think about this. If you are coming to the end of a licensing term, it happens generally for most people once a year, unless they've cut a long-term deal. Um, Don't be afraid to come and have a chat with us. Talk about your deepest, darkest licensing issues, problems, concerns, and whether you're getting value from your licensing. And uh, please, get in contact with us on the SilverString website. Or alternatively, look us up on LinkedIn. Uh, Most of us have profiles there. And we have people who would be delighted to have a chat to you about what can seem like a very daunting, complex and frustrating subject, which is software licensing. In this case, specifically for data protection. So this has been Alistair McKenzie, CEO of SilverString. Thank you, Thomas. And Thomas Cowley uh, from SilverString uh, on the uh, SilverString Data Protection Show. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back to you soon.